Welcome to Regions Wealth Podcast, the podcast that tackles life's challenges with financial experience. I'm your host, Sarah Feister-Gale. As we all know, the cost of healthcare is continually on the rise. For retirees, that cost can be significant. As of 2021, the average 65-year-old couple will need approximately $300,000 saved to cover their healthcare expenses in retirement. So what can you do to prepare for those expenses and safeguard your retirement? Joining me remotely is Mike Fleischauer. He's a wealth advisor for Regions Private Wealth Management. Mike, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Sarah. So Mike, in this episode of Regions Wealth Podcast, we're discussing planning for healthcare expenses in retirement. We've taken some frequently asked questions from a bunch of people and developed a character who needs your help. Let's listen. Hello, I'm Brooke. I'm 61, divorced, and am an executive editor at a publishing house. I've worked here for over 20 years and have been contributing to my 401k the whole time. The company has a generous match. I was originally planning to retire between 65 and 67, but after the year I've had, I'm ready to call it a little early, hopefully before I turn 64. I have type 1 diabetes, though it's fairly well managed. Even so, I'd assumed that Medicare would cover those kinds of expenses in retirement. Now, since I won't qualify for Medicare right away, I'm rethinking my options. So we know that a majority of retirees spend more on healthcare as they age. At the same time, healthcare costs are always increasing. So what are some of the most common healthcare needs and costs that Brooke can expect? So Brooke is in a unique situation, of course, because she wants to retire early and therefore is going to have to consider things such as preventative health care, all the way up to unexpected health catastrophes. She's going to be on the hook for all of this lack of health care insurance. So her options are to pay out of pocket, take on all the risk of her health care, uh, go find an individual policy and pay the premiums until she may be eligible for Medicare, or use COBRA if that's an option through her employer or previous employer if she does indeed retire early. There's some other considerations here too. One in four people will at some point in their life need to address long-term care expenses. Generally speaking, that is age 65, a couple who's married could expect to spend up to $300,000 in their lifetime out of pocket in addition to what insurances they may have. So if Brooke didn't have any kind of health insurance, all these things would need to be considered. So to clarify, unless Brooke purchases her own health insurance plan, she'll potentially be uninsured until she's old enough to qualify for Medicare? Right. So Brooke, if she separates from service and decides that she's retiring early, would be responsible for paying her own health care costs. But it's not always economically feasible and can be quite expensive. So my role as a wealth advisor in Regions Private Wealth Management would be to sit down with her. We use a financial planning tool called R-Track that allows us to consider these things I just mentioned. And we would be able to help her to mitigate and prepare for what she needs on an ongoing basis that we know are her regular expenses. So, for example, if she's planning on retiring early, we talked about COBRA, that could come into play. And it's not cheap leaving her job early she could expect to potentially pay up to $20,000 or more a year for private insurance or COBRA. 
that doesn't account for other things such as dental, which could add to that expense of another 10,000. So, you know, roughly speaking, you could be expecting a 30 to $40,000 expense that maybe you weren't considering when you were in the workforce. Um, and this isn't anything catastrophic like we talked about. So um, just things that we might be able to reasonably predict, we would have to factor that into her cash flow needs. So it's interesting, you as a wealth advisor can help her work through those numbers and figure out, particularly with her diabetes, what potential costs she would face and what ways she could help mitigate those. Yes, and as you are referencing, the fact that she is diabetic puts her at additional healthcare risk and so, Sarah, we need to consider that, too. And often people aren't aware of what Medicare may or may not cover once they are eligible for those benefits. So that's a good point. Once Brooke qualifies for Medicare, what kinds of expenses can she expect it to cover and how will she know what won't be covered? OK, so let's just talk general about Medicare for just a moment. This comes in two forms. There's the what's known as original Medicare Part A. This will cover general hospital care skilled nursing care, lab costs, surgeries. Then there's also part B. This is the medical insurance for visiting your doctor, for outpatient care, for preventative services. There are other plans as well, in addition to Medicare part A and part B, people have heard of these called supplemental Medicare plans. There's also Medicare Advantage plans, which essentially replace Medicare part A and part B. And it also pays for the deductibles and co-pays, but there is an out-of-pocket cost. And a lot of this needs to be thought through. And this goes back to financial planning, as we mentioned a moment ago, and thinking through cash flow, what our expected costs are going to be, and is equally in some instances what our unexpected costs might be and how we can prepare for those. It's not something to be taken lightly, and you may want to sit down with somebody such as a wealth advisor who can specialize and help you think through some of these topics. So that's interesting. Do you find that people assume Medicare is just Medicare? Once I'm qualified, I sign up for one thing? Because it sounds like there's a number of different programs that you may not all qualify for or may require different paperwork. Sarah, these are great questions. So the first thing somebody should do is sit down with an insurance specialist who offers Medicare, Medicare Advantage plans, and begin to consider what the spectrum of options are out there because there truly are several options and depending on what your health is, what your cash flow is, what you may or may not want to pay for out-of-pocket expenses come into consideration in retirement. That's great advice, Mike. So let's listen to the next portion of Brooke's story. My colleagues, women like me with whom I've worked for over a decade or more, are also retiring in the next few years. Some of them have talked about enrolling in an HSA for that last stretch. I'm wondering if that's something I should consider as well. Aside from my diabetes, I'm fairly healthy. Still, I know there can be complications later in life. The last thing I want is to sink my hard-earned savings into out-of-pocket expenses, I'm wondering what I can do in order to ensure my medical costs are covered, not only right after I retire, but all throughout my golden years. So Brooke mentioned switching to an HSA, a health savings account, for the last years before retirement. 
What are the benefits of an HSA? So an HSA, a health savings account, is a great tool that's tax-friendly and can help you to pay for your medical bills. So she could contribute $3,600 to a plan herself, or her and her spouse could contribute up to $7,200 a year into a health savings account. She gets a tax deduction for that, and then that money can be used for healthcare costs. But here's the best part of having an HSA. If she did not have any out-of-pocket healthcare costs for the year, that money that she contributed could stay in the health savings account. It could continue to grow so it can accumulate and become larger than her original contribution. And this is done at a essentially tax-free rate. So Mike, you said that a couple can contribute up to $7,200. Can that money be used for either member of that couple or does it have to be split equally for healthcare costs? Great question. If her and her husband were on a healthcare plan and they had the HSA, then they could both use it. And if they had children, they could also use it for their children. So with Brooke's timeline of retiring within three years, is an HSA even beneficial? Yes. The simple answer is yes. Brooke has some time if she's thinking about retiring in the next few years and it can grow. She's not using it for any medical expenses and the HSA becomes portable and she'll be able to use it in retirement for things like private health care premiums or when she reaches Medicare age, she could use it for those deductibles co-payments, even things such as over-the-counter medications, which you could use your HSA for. That's interesting. So if she retires early and needs to pay for COBRA or private health insurance, using money from her HSA would lower that financial hit a little bit. Yes, exactly. And as you said, Sarah, a little bit, because as we talked about too, those costs could be anywhere between thirty dollars to $40,000 a year out of pocket. Right. But as soon as she does it, the better off she'd be. So a lot of retirees may think that Medicare is going to cover all of their medical costs. Is that true? And if not, what can they expect not to be covered? Sarah, so I'm glad you asked this. There are some very huge lingering threats when it comes to your healthcare costs. An individual has about a one in four chance of needing long-term care during their lifetime and Medicare and all these supplements are not going to take care of that. So typically when someone has a need for long-term care, it's going to be taken care of out of pocket or they're going to have a long-term care insurance plan that was separate and distinct from a Medicare or Medicare supplement plan, or they're going to end up spending down all their own personal assets. And unfortunately, at times, people will need to rely on the state in the form of Medicaid to provide for their long-term care. The costs for long-term care are very high. They can be ten dollars to $15,000 a month, and that is typically not covered through Medicare. Medicare is used for rehabilitative care. And this is the line in the sand versus what we call custodial care. Your Medicare insurance will cover 
certain amount of days during your lifetime for things such as rehabilitative care. But once you've plateaued or there's not going to be any more progress, this becomes what we call custodial care. And if you're in this situation, you would need to rely on either yourself or some type of long-term care insurance that you've paid for out of pocket to cover these types of costs. So how do you decide if long-term care insurance is the right move? And at what points should you start thinking about that? I would say that in your 50s would be the time to consider. There are private long-term care insurance policies that you can acquire out in the marketplace. And there are also what they call hybrid products now too, where you can get a rider inside of a life insurance policy or sometimes in an annuity, you can elect to have a long-term care benefit. So just as an example, in a life insurance policy, I've had clients that have had maybe a half a million dollar life insurance policy, but they also had a long-term care benefit associated with that. So the married couple each also had $250,000 worth of long-term care expenses that could be covered. And other than that, it's going to be the situation as I described where you're paying out of pocket. As I mentioned, it could be ten dollars to $15,000 a month, or you're going to spend down your life savings to the point to where you might have to apply for Medicaid with the state that you reside in to have them pick up those costs. Wow. So are there any drawbacks to long-term care insurance? The biggest drawback to long-term care insurance is like any type of insurance, the premium. You outlay a certain amount of money. And if you never use that insurance benefit, then you're out that cost. But the marketplace, as I explained a moment ago, has opened up to where you can have these type of riders within a life insurance policy or within an annuity. And this might be an option for some folks that might be substantially less than paying out of pocket or buying a traditional long-term care policy. Okay, so let's listen to the last part of Brooke's story. When I first started planning for retirement, my projections were based on retiring at 65 or later. Now I feel like I'm back at square one. I've always been responsible with my savings, and if there was a silver lining to the past year or so, it was that I wasn't spending very much, so I saved even more. If there's an emergency, I'd probably be able to pay for it myself, but needless to say, I don't want things like medical costs to exhaust my savings. I still want to have enough to enjoy myself in retirement. So, Mike, we've heard guidance in previous episodes of this podcast that people should revisit their retirement plans often. So what are some of the risks of not adequately planning for health care expenses? Sarah, the biggest risk of not planning for health care expenses is that you're taking on the risk entirely upon yourself, and those costs could be unlimited. Although it would be extremely rare to have a catastrophic event, it does happen. I've seen it happen to folks unexpectedly during my career. And the danger is potentially risking your entire retirement savings. And you could potentially go bankrupt from one major healthcare incident. What other steps can Brooke take to make sure she's not sacrificing her savings for healthcare? So, Brooke could take the step, as we talked about earlier today, is planning for this early retirement. The savings could be evaporated very easily with one major medical expense. 
we can't predict that, but we can reasonably predict what her normal medical expenses would be and how to protect for those unexpected healthcare costs with proper coverage. Bridging those gaps is important. And what we're looking to do is to give Brooke the assurance that she will be able to retire early, have her cash flow needs met on a day-to-day basis, have proper insurance, and then when she becomes 65, we can help her with a Medicare professional, sit down and see how that then begins to affect her planning going forward to protect her savings from unexpected healthcare costs rather than sacrificing her savings. So Mike, at the end of each podcast, we like to ask our guests to sum up some key takeaways from our conversation. So what are the key takeaways that we can share with our listeners about healthcare and retirement? Healthcare and retirement, the three things that we could take into consideration is that you need to prepare for it. You need to have a plan. There's going to be both expected as well as unexpected healthcare costs in our lifetime. It's just a matter of to what degree. Number two, if your employer, if you're still employed, offers some kind of health savings plan, health savings account, take advantage of it. It can be part of your retirement plan. Contribute to it as much as you can. And the sooner you do it, the better. The third thing I would look at is being prepared for long-term care. You as an individual have a one in four chance of needing long-term care. And it's not cheap. And Medicaid would be your last resort. So we want to make sure that you have your cash flow protected, that you have a good insurance plan, and that you have contingency plans for things of the unexpected, such as long-term care. That is great advice. Thank you so much. That was Mike Fleischauer, Wealth Advisor for Regions Bank. You've given us some great actionable insights today. Thanks, Sarah. I appreciate you having me as a guest. And thank you for joining us today. In our next episode, we're chatting with Wealth Advisor Andrew George about creating a retirement spending plan. So be sure to check back and don't forget to visit regions.com slash wealth podcast to explore past episodes. This information is general education or marketing in nature and is not intended to be accounting, legal, tax, investment, or financial advice. Although Regions believes this information to be accurate as of the date written, it cannot ensure that it will remain up to date. The people and events are fictional but represent real issues. No identification with actual persons is intended or should be inferred. Statements of individuals are their own, not Regions. Consult an appropriate professional concerning your specific situation and irs.gov for current tax rules. This information should not be construed as a recommendation or suggestion as to the advisability of acquiring, holding, or disposing of a particular investment, nor should it be construed as a suggestion or indication that the particular investment or investment course of action described herein is appropriate for any specific investor. In providing this communication, Regions is not undertaking to provide impartial investment advice or to give advice in a fiduciary capacity. Reference to a company or security or links to third-party websites do not imply endorsement or recommendation.